Welcome to season two of the Wherever You Go podcast. My name is Sam Bauer, and I'm a wife, mom, business owner, and lover of Jesus. My hope with this podcast is to encourage my listeners through sharing my own experiences, to follow the dreams in your heart, and become the person that God created you to be. I hope you enjoy episode three, why the phrase, God will only give you what you can handle, needs to go. And if you like this episode, please leave a comment or review on the platform you are listening, or even better, share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Friends, who has been there? You just experienced a tragedy. You lost a loved one. You lost your job. Your spouse informs you that they're filing for divorce. You learned about a terminal illness diagnosis. Your child does something unthinkable. Addiction comes for someone you love. And you're struggling. And you open up to a well-meaning friend or an acquaintance and they respond with, well, God only will give you what you can handle. And you think, what? I can't handle this. Why does God think I can handle this? And then you start to think that God must have the wrong person because you're not strong enough to handle this. And it makes you feel even worse because if God believes you're strong enough to handle something like this, why aren't you handling it? Listen to me right now. That phrase is absolute baloney. God does not go around handing out tragic events based on the thickness of your skin. The thought alone is ridiculous. (laughs) Here's the truth. We're living in a world where God allowed free will. And we are in a world where evil is present. Pain, suffering, hurt, lies, deception, all of these things are not from God. And this world will certainly 100% give you things that you cannot handle. So suit up, friends, because hard things happen in this world and we need to be prepared. When I was praying over this topic because it kept coming up and coming up. And I've seen some really horrible things lately happen to some really, really good people. And I always, you know, when I'm praying for those people and and for the things, it's really hard for me not to say, God, why them? You know, why do these things happen to some of the best people I know? And it's not fair. And So as I was praying over this topic and how to speak on it and what God might want me to say, the book of Job keeps coming into my mind. And in all honesty, this is why it's taken me so long to record this podcast specifically is because I struggle so much with the book of Job. It's one of those books of the Bible that it's just really hard for me to read. It's hard for me to understand um, because it just, doesn't seem fair. (laughs) Um, But I know our God is a just God. And I continue to go back to my favorite verse in Romans, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And, um, but then, you know, like 10 seconds later, I'm like, but really? Like, why? Why did you do that to Job? Um, And so I wanted to be uh, thoughtful about talking about this because I don't fully understand um, that, but I've 
told you all many times, I am not a theologian. I am not a pastor. I am just a woman who loves Jesus, that has a podcast based on the experiences that I've had um, and in my opinions of the things that I that I read in the book. Um, and so it's not my job necessarily or your job or anybody's job to fully understand every single thing. I think that there's some mysteries um, that are that are out there that you know we don't have to understand everything. Um, but if you're not familiar with Job, I encourage you to read the book. Um, but I'll give you a little overview today um, of kind of what happened to Job and, and some thoughts around what we can learn from Job. Um, Job was a man of God. In Job 1.1, it says that Job was perfect and upright. He was so faithful and so upright that he gained the attention of God. His faith and righteousness also gained the attention of the devil. So one day, God and Satan were talking, and God was asking Satan, where did you come from? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and Satan said, oh, I was just out about roaming the world um, and, you know, looking for, looking for someone to attack, doing my thing. And um, God offers up Job as a test to show Satan who is, who's the boss, right? Um, because Job's faith was so great and he was so perfect and so upright that God knew that whatever test Satan put on him, that Job was still going to remain faithful to God. And so Satan tells God that, um, because Satan, you know, he tries to, tries to trick God and he does this a lot. Um, so he tells God that Job is just faithful because God is a hedge of protection around him. Um, God's blessed his business. He's blessed his family. He's blessed his health. He's blessed his whole life. So, I mean, of course, Job has strong faith because his life has been basically all rainbows and unicorns up to this point. To this, God responds and tells Satan, I'll lift the hedge of protection, um, around Job. And the devil, you know, you can have at him. Um, you just can't kill Job. And God tells Satan, Job will remain faithful, regardless of what the devil does to him. And so the devil goes to work. He attacks Job hard. He takes everything. He takes his children all in one full swoop. He has a house fall down on him. Um, he takes his fields. He takes his, his animals. He takes his wealth. He takes his health. Um, he takes everything, everything from Job. Um, and when Satan takes Job's children, Job praises God. And when Satan takes his wealth, Job praises God. And when Satan takes his health, Job praises God. And he cries out to God. And when he's frustrated and sad, he, he cries out to God. And when he's mad, he, he yells at God. Um, so through all of the tests, Job never left his faith. Um, he never stopped praising and talking to and yelling sometimes at God. And I think the second point to make about the story of Job is he got some really bad advice from his loved ones. 
um, similar to the, um, well, God only gives you what you can handle. Um, Job's friends and family, his wife, um, I mean, his own, his own wife was like, I can't believe you're still praising this God. Curse him and die. What can you imagine? I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine my husband telling me um, in a hard time, you know, curse God and, and just die. Like, don't even bother. <laughs> um, but Job's wife said that. And um, Job called her foolish and, and kept on praising God. Um, but then his friends came along and started giving him some pretty cruddy advice as well and questioning him and, you know, what did you do wrong to cause these things to happen? Um, trying to trying to work through, you know, Job's really bad situation um, by trying to come up with a reason. And they all meant well. Um, but saying things like, you know, like what I said earlier, God only gives you what you can't can handle. Um, because I think just like Job's friends, um, and even Job's wife, um, sometimes our loved ones try to say things to us that will make us feel better, make us, you know, try to like see some silver lining in the awful situation that we're going through. Um, and, and they say things like, well, God only gives you what you can handle, or um, at least they lived a good life, or at least it happened now, not when you were further along in your pregnancy, or some line they heard that they thought might make you feel better when it really only makes you feel like they're diminishing your issue. Um, and all you want is that person back. <laughs> um, you want that diagnosis reversed. You want your loved ones to make better decisions or your marriage to be rekindled. I've been that kind of person where I've said something to try to make somebody feel better and it completely backfires. And I've learned over the years um, not to do that. You know, just sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody is to tell them you're sorry and that you love them and then just sit there and listen. Be there for them. Be sad with them. Be mad with them. Feel the feelings that they're feeling and just be there for them. It's better to say nothing sometimes and to just be there for your loved ones than it is to try to cheer them up because sometimes when we are trying to cheer them up, we give bad advice. We say stupid things that later we're like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Um, but in the end, um, Job remained faithful and God restored his wealth. Um, it gave him a new family. Um, and he, he, he put him back um, the way that he was before he took everything away. And this is where, for me, sometimes I struggle with, well, I mean, I struggle with so many things in Job. There's, you know, why did God offer him up to the devil? You know, why did, um, he, he was such a good person. Um, and then when he restored him, like, is that, was Job okay with that? Because it was not the same as it was before. Um, and I feel like you can replace the wealth and you can replace the things and the animals and the fields and, and the money. Um, but the new family, um, they're not the same family, you know, that Job originally had. And so was he ever as happy as he was before the test? And here's the thing. When we go through really, really hard, life-shaking events, 
we aren't ever the same. It changes us. Our situation changed. Um, and we aren't the same people that we were before we faced the trials. I know for myself personally, when I faced some of the hardest days of my life, I came out of the fire a completely different person. And it took me a while to realize that things weren't going to go back to normal. I kept waiting for the things to feel the same as they did before the tragedy. Um, and then one day it just hit me. Life will never be the same as it was before because I am not the same person I was before. And I think for so many of us, we get stuck waiting for things to go back to normal after we have a traumatic life event. And the truth is, it won't go back to normal because you won't be the same person as you were before the event that took place. So that normal is not normal anymore for you. Where you are now is where you are. And um, it's learning to embrace that and um, be grateful for where you are. And here's the thing about Job. Yes, God lifted his hedge of protection. Yes, he offered him up to Satan as a test. But God doesn't promise us a hedge of protection. And he doesn't promise us easy lives. When we become Christian, God doesn't say, I'm going to protect you from this world. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. You're going to have the best world ever. And your, your life is just going to be better now because I'm going to protect you from everything bad. He does not say that. He does not promise that. Um, he doesn't offer that to us. And I think that's one of the confusing things about being a Christian. And um, whenever you're early on in your faith, like, Oh, life is still really hard um, and bad things still happen. But what he does promise, what God does promise us through the Holy Spirit is he will never leave us. He never left Job. And the devil is still out there roaming around on this world, going back and forth. He's still looking for people to attack. People of great faith make the devil mad. So guess what? People of great faith are going to be attacked. Of course, the devil's also going to attack those easy, low-hanging fruit, people that don't believe in God already. Um, but I think that nothing probably makes the devil happier than when he can attack somebody who loves God and try to turn their face from Christ. But when we root ourselves in Christ, and when we root ourselves in our faith in God, those attacks, they're not going to blow us over because we got deep roots they might make us bend a little. Some leaves will definitely blow off. <laughs> Maybe we might even lose the branch or two. But at the end of the storm, we will remain standing if we are rooted in Christ. And it's not because of our strength that we can handle life in this world. It's because of the strength of God that he pours out onto us through the faith that we have. So when you get mad, let God know you're mad. He can handle it. And when you're sad, let God know you're sad. He can handle it. When you feel like life is just not being fair to you, tell God about it. He can handle it. When you need his help, cry out to him so he can be there for you. When you feel like giving up, let God know. Get down on your knees and cry out to your Lord, and he will be there for you. 
I think sometimes we only want to go to God when we're ha- when we're happy. We want God to know we're grateful for the things that he's given to us. But you'll read when you're reading in the Bible, there are so many different Bible characters that didn't only go to God when they were happy and grateful. They went to God when they were tired and frustrated and mad and desperate. David, Job, Solomon, Daniel, Noah, the list goes on and on of people who are God's chosen, who struggled and failed and made big, giant, huge mistakes. But the one thing that remained for all of them was their faith in God. God is how we get through. God is how we rise up. And God is how we overcome. So, yeah, I mean, you're certainly 100% going to go through things in life that you cannot handle, that your friends and family cannot help you through. God doesn't give you what you can handle. And our friends and family are going to give us bad advice. There's going to be times where you feel helpless and mad and desperate and you wonder, why, oh, why is God allowing this to happen to me? It'll happen. But here's the promise. God won't leave you. And the better prepared you can be with the word of God, faith, your faith in a just and loving and sovereign God, your faith will be strong and you will know in your heart that you're never alone. And my last thought about Job is I was discussing this topic with a friend um, who's a dear friend of mine, and she challenged me with this whole question about, you know, do you think Job was happy um, whenever everything was restored? Do you think he was happy with his new family, or do you think he still missed his old family? And maybe not. Maybe not on this earth. But what it made me think was, can you imagine Job's house in heaven I bet Job is like a famous person in heaven. And I know for myself, I would love to meet Job. I would love to just listen to him talk and hug him and tell him how much I admire his faith and commitment to God. This world here on earth is not our home. We are not created for this. And it's only a small stop on our path to eternal life in heaven. So things here will never be perfect. There will be hurt and there will be pain and there will be suffering. But in heaven, in heaven, there won't be any of that. There will be no pain. There will be no bad diagnosis. There will be no hurt. There will be no suffering. And I pray that as we move forward in our lives here on earth, as we hit difficult seasons, that we are so rooted in Jesus Christ that even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, that we can have hope and eternal life with God that is free of all pain, all suffering, and all even. What a comforting truth and a a hope-filled truth that we know that we need to be storing up the treasures for our eternal life in heaven by staying faithful to God, because when we get to heaven, all the pain, all the suffering, all the unhealthiness is all going to be gone. And we are going to be filled with peace and love 
and the gentleness that comes from a God who loves us. So I'll finish today with Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go.